Welcome to the Questions of Faith podcast. I'm Brad Stevens here with Dr. Timothy Laredo. And the question that we are asking the doctor today is, what does it mean to be sanctified? Yeah, this is a really important question uh, and one that is applicable to every Christian. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, and define what is sanctification, and then we're going to look at uh, one of the most important verses in all of Scripture that deals with sanctification and walk through that verse and really outline what does it mean to be sanctified. Jumping right into this episode today, so Dr. Tim, what does it mean to be sanctified? It's Sanct- a big, yeah. it's one of those kind of ominous words, sanctified. Ooh. Yeah, sanctification. Yeah. And it's, uh, you think about it too, it's a very biblical term, right? It's uh, We don't oh, yeah. use that term uh, outside of it's religious called, circles. Have you been sanctified? <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. that, you know? Yeah, it's a very uh, Christianese word, right? It's, yeah. it's a yeah. word that is, uh, for those who are Christians, it's, it's one of those words we uh, use within religious, you know, Christian circles. Uh, but outside we, of those things, we don't talk about it a lot uh, or use it in normal everyday talk. And so, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things we have a pretty good idea, basic mm-hmm. of it, but mm-hmm. maybe not as well as we think we do kind of moments. So as well. using the term correctly, mm-hmm. if I'm right, I'm asking you a question here. Should it be used as? Are you being sanctified? Mm, yeah. Am I correct in saying it that way? Right. Yeah. So uh, let's start with this foundation. So in the Old Testament, <gasps> Tim, you <have> foundations. <laughs> oh, it's got to start a foundation. We can't well, just jump into it. <laughs> I know, right? Context. Who wants context? Right? <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Gotcha. Foundation. Uh, yeah. So, so the Old Testament is where this word first begins. Um, and for something to be sanctified, the, the the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is kodesh, and it just literally means to to be consecrated, to make holy, to set apart unto God. Okay, so the first time that this word is used in the Old Testament is uh, in the story of creation, where the Bible says that God blessed the seventh day and He kodeshed it. Okay. And he he blessed it, and he rested from his work. Now, is this similar to, to holy? Y- yes, it is. It it has holy connotations to it, um, but the sanctifying part is the act of making something holy. Okay, so it's not just descriptive only; it's action. Yes, it is the action of making something holy. Okay, so, so to for something to be holy, it, it has to it be has to be sanctified. Sanctified. Okay, right. I see. So there's a condition the, there. Yeah, and the act of sanctification is the thing that makes it holy. holy. So in our example of the creation, so uh, the seventh day, God He sanctified it. He set it apart, and in doing that, in in that that action, he makes it holy. Does that make sense? So if God hadn't have rested, it wouldn't have been holy. If there hadn't have been action, it wouldn't have been holy. Right. The, okay. the action of making it set apart, uh, which is what that holy is, is to be set apart, right? So the action of doing that mm-hmm. is the thing that makes it holy. As- well, I mean, it makes sense. If... If you don't do something, you can talk all day. Right. But until you do something, that's what makes it real. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And so so in the Old Testament, when something was sanctified to God, it was declared to be set apart, and the act of sanctifying it was it this transferring of ownership from its original owner to God. And so you see this in the Old Testament a lot uh, with the sacrifices. The person bringing that sacrifice, they are they're doing what in that moment of giving it to the priest, they are transferring the ownership of that from, this used to be my lamb, (laughs) right? And I am transferring this lamb to you. That is the moment of sanctification, of transferring ownership. And then the priest action of that is the holy part of that and making it holy. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, it does. And so... Uh, This is seen a lot of times in a lot of different ways in the Old Testament, Um, like Israel in Exodus chapter 19, where uh, they are making this covenant with God and saying, okay, God, we're going to be your people. We are going to sanctify ourselves and giving ourselves over to you. Uh, 
that allows us to be a holy people, a holy nation, right? Because we have transferred our ownership of who we are to from ourselves to you. That sanctifying process of transferring of ownership uh, and transferring of who we are uh, brings about the result of holiness. And so that idea of sanctification is the process by which holiness takes place. It's this, uh, it's the action to your word, it's the action of. Uh, that brings about holiness. So you've you said this a couple of times, transferring of ownership. Mm-hmm. So so that's what sanctification is, is when you designate something to God. Yes. And from, you from, make him the owner of it. Yes, 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 yes. It's from a human perspective. Yeah, yeah, from our perspective. Yes, that's exactly it. Yes. Okay. So um so to be sanctified to God means that we are no longer uh, belonging to ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we have transferred our ownership to God, which and in turn makes it holy. Makes us holy because anything that God is is holy. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, this is very interesting. Yeah. So interesting way to look at sanctification. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever thought of it as a way of transferring of mm, ownership. Yeah, I like that. A lot of times when people think about sanctification, they immediately go to this uh, legalistic list of do's and don'ts, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I don't mean that to be uh, harsh or to uh, denigrate those things, but what I'm trying to say is that doesn't necessarily mean something is sanctified. If you follow a list of do's and don'ts, doesn't mean you're sanctified or holy at all, right? It's the transferring of the allegiances, the transfer of ownership is what really makes the, uh, the process of sanctification uh, real in a real sense, more than a, uh, a, a legalistic r- rules that say you got to do this or you can't do that. Um, those things, um, you know, they have limited value. The real value is the transferring of ownership, because if you transfer of ownership, you will automatically be doing and following the things of what your owner wants you to do, right? You became, and it's not because necessarily you, you have to. You but ha- it's you want to exactly because you want what the owner wants. Exactly, you want what God wants. Sure, exactly. Okay. And, and you think about it from a New Testament perspective. Um, the Apostle Paul, his most common reference, the way he refers to himself, the most uh, often way that he does that is he calls himself the slave of Christ or the servant of Christ. Right? That word slave servant they're they're synonymous and he does this not randomly but he does this on purpose because he is he is giving this real picture of who he, he sees himself as and the way that he sees himself he sees himself as somebody who is the slave of Christ the servant one who has given over their ownership from themselves to Christ. Mm, so, that's so good. Yeah. So Paul does not do what Paul wants to do, but Paul does what Christ wants him to do. I think so many times we can easily view as giving God a service mm. of letting him into my life. Yeah. I am doing God a favor. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, yeah. am I right there? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or this, uh, you know, well, I've done this, God, so you owe me this, right? This, For sure. This kind of, uh, you know, barter system with God. Gumball right? machine mentality. Yeah, and it's just not a biblical perspective at all. But a biblical perspective of sanctification recognizes that sanctification is the process of giving ownership of self to God for the purpose of Him making me holy. And um, to really flesh this out, I want us to look at one verse in Romans chapter 12 that I think will really tie all this idea of sanctification together and be helpful for us. Thank you. 
So let me just read Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and then we'll go through it, okay? So Paul, so Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Okay? So the first thing that I want us to understand about sanctification is that it's for the believers, right? And this is really basic, but it's where we got to start. So Paul clearly identifies that sanctification, the process of sanctification, is for the believers. And Paul is um, urging them. Um, the, the KJV, I think they, they use the word the beseech, right? But it's this idea of pleading, urging, like this is vital for us to do uh, what he's about to say. And he says, I, I urge you, brethren, sorry, so he's talking to believers about this process of sanctification. And why this is so important is because the unbeliever can't be sanctified, right? Um, and when we try to encourage people who really probably aren't even saved to, you need to be sanctified, you need to be sa-, like, well, that's not a possibility for them, right? Yeah. It, it, we're asking them to do something they can't do. They can't do. You right. can't give something to God that's unclean. Exactly. That has sin. Right. And so the simple reality of the, of the matter is that sanctification is not a work of the flesh. Right, but it's a work of the spirit, and because of that, now would it's a work of the spirit that affects the flesh? Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, so it is sanctification is a work of the spirit that happens in unity with the will of the believer. Okay, okay. so sanctification. Let me say that again: is the work of the spirit that is done in unity with our will as believers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And our will can want good or bad things. Exactly. Okay. Right. But the the will of the unbeliever is never going to want the things of the spirit. Does that yes, make sense? That this this mm-hmm. distinction that I'm making there. But so this this sanctification process, it happens in unity as our will is subject to the will of God and to the will of spirit. Um, it happens only through uh, this process of the Spirit uh, as we yield ourselves to the Spirit. And there's a lot of verses we could look at uh, that we could talk about that, but um, uh, Romans 15 talks about that we are being sanctified by the Spirit. First um, Thessalonians talks about how that the Spirit is, uh, is the one who preserves uh, us blameless, um, through sanctifying us wholly. Um, there's a lot of different examples of that. And then there's a lot of verses that talk about our will and yielding our will to God and to the Spirit. But but for this basic understanding of what sanctification is for the believer, is it's this, this unity of submitting my will to the Spirit of God. And as I do that, that process of ownership, transferring ownership over to Christ happens more and more and more on a continual basis is less of me, more of Christ. What the Apostle John says, you know, that he might increase and that I might decrease. Uh, This idea of that is really what this sanctified life is all about, is the believer um, submitting their will and getting their will in unity with the will of uh, the Spirit of God. One more thing I'd, I'd like to say about that is that God will not force the believer to sanctify themselves, but He will empower them and help them as they yield their will to be sanctified. Does that make sense? So, so God is not going to, you know, hold hold uh, a bat over your head and be like, you have to be sanctified. You have to be sanctified. Like this well, beating something, down. Something can't be taken and given away at the same time. Exactly. It's one of the two. Right. Yes. So it's this idea of uh, as I yield to the Spirit and as I give more my life. Uh, yeah, my life, my ownership of who I am, He is going to receive that, sanctify that, and make me holy. But He's not going to do that uh 
beyond the bounds of my will. Um, and so just as Paul is pleading with the Romans here, uh, God would say that to us and plead with us that uh, we have got to uh, allow the Spirit of God to to sanctify us. And we have to, it starts with a will that desires that. And, and every believer has some of that will, that desire to do that. But Letting that desire grow and letting that desire uh, mature is something that we have to continually allow the Spirit of God to help us with. So would you say that we would need to sanctify our time, Mm. sanctify our money, kind of individually break down our life, sanctify our family? Mm. Would you say that's a good way to to look at sanctification, that we should break it down into individual things? Because kind of saying, I want to have a sanctified life is kind of general. I like to break things down. Mm -hmm. Is that a proper way to view sanctification, that we're giving these individual things to God? Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it flows from that, from that big aspect of that I am not my own, that I've been bought with a price, and therefore I need to glorify God in my body and who I am. And it flows from that, all those individual aspects mm-hmm. of, of you know, that you mentioned my money and my time and all those things uh, that God wants to sanctify. Um, and so I think it's, it's a both and mm-hmm. kind of proposition where um, we want to recognize that God wants to sanctify the entirety of who I am and that flows through me in all of these individual areas. Um, and then we will start to see that sanctification or, or, or the holy in us mm. through these individual things. Exactly. So the next thing I want us to understand about sanctification is that it happens as a result of the mercies of God. So Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God. Okay. So not only is sanctification a work of the Spirit, that happens in unity with the will of the believer. But the work of the Spirit is a special work of His mercy. And uh, what I want to point out in that is that the source of our sanctification, Paul reminds us, is that it's because of God's mercy, and lest we um, become like, hey, look at me, look at how holy sanct- I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. How how much of my life I have surrendered to God, right? Um, you know, it can. Uh, let's say it this way: the person who is proud of their sanctification doesn't understand sanctification. Are they sanctified? <laughs> <laughs> right. They, yeah. they just don't understand it because it it it, it it's happens. Nothing in and of themselves. It's, it's the mercies of God, right? Um, and it's you know it's what Lamentation tells us: it's the Lord's mercies, right, that we're not consumed. Uh, his His mercies are new every morning, and the process of making us holy through sanctification only happens because of the grace and the mercies of God, and. There is a real danger, and the more we sanctify and the more we give ownership to God, the enemy, one of his sly things that he likes to do is to make us proud of our sanctification, right? And make us proud of what what we have, quote-unquote, accomplished and giving all these things for God. And What a crazy turn of events yes. in this act of sanctification <laughs> leading us into holiness. Yeah, it is, it's, and it's subtle. It's very subtle, mm-hmm. but it's also very dangerous. And to, I think it's, it's a healthy perspective for us to have to recognize that this process of yielding my will to Christ and that process of sanctification, of transferring ownership from myself to God, is one that only happens because of His mercies and grace to me. Because there is lots of times where I have failed to to do that, and many, many times where I have completely rejected and went my own way and wanted my own will and my own. And like, so, so why should I feel any sense of, you know, pride or um, arrogance towards, mm-hmm. you know, areas in which I have allowed sanctification to work in my life when I look and recognize 
that it's only because of his mercy and grace. And it's a complete turnoff to those that we are trying to encourage to Ex- be sanctified exactly. so that we can be holy. Yeah, so on one hand, we are 100% responsible for our pursuit of sanctification, our yielding of our will, but at the same time, we're 100% dependent upon the Spirit and upon his grace in our life to enable us in that pursuit. So this idea of that as I, the more I yield my will, I, I'm responsible for yielding my will. But at the same time, I recognize that the very fact of me yielding my will and that desire only becomes in my life because of the grace of God. And not of what I've done. Exactly. Um, and so while conversion, uh, salvation happens at uh, at this 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 moment, this moment of grace. Uh, sanctification is about this this grace of a lifetime. As I'm continuing every day, I need the grace of God to sanctify my my heart, my life, my my motives, my desires, my passions, uh, the things that I am seeking for. Uh, I continually need the work of sanctification in my life to gr- give ownership of those things every day to uh, to God. And so we're, we're sadly mistaken if we think that uh, we will ever reach a moment where we don't need to sanctify and we don't need grace in our lives for that sanctification, right? Um, his grace is needed to cleanse us from unrighteousness, and His grace is needed to cleanse us to righteousness. And so, yeah, it's a work of the grace of God, and uh, I, I need it, and you need it. We need it um, continually in our lives. So the next thing uh, I want us to understand about sanctification is the the place in which sanctification takes place. Okay. Okay. And let's read this verse and see if you can point out where that takes place. Where is the location of where sanctification needs to take place? Okay. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So where is the results of sanctification taking place? So would it be present your bodies? Yes. So it's that giving idea? Yes. And it's what are we giving? What is it that we're presenting? What is it that we're giving? It's our body. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. And so the area of the Spirit's work of sanctification, it centers around our body, our physical body, okay? As humans, we are spiritual, physical beings. And what I mean by that is that we are spiritual, we have a a spiritual part of who we are, but we also have a physical, and those two things are inseparably tied together. They only come apart upon death. Yeah, I'm looking at the definition of the word there, and it's literally a, a body of men or animals, dead or living. No, it's, it's the body. It's yeah, the yeah, physical yeah. thing, the yeah, flesh. Yeah, yeah, and so the area of our lives in which God wants to sanctify, the the place that God wants to, he wants to sanctify my physical body. And this is not a minor point, uh, but is the very essence of, of what it means to uh, to be Christian and to be uh, one who lives for Christ is one who takes their body, their physical body, and gives ownership of that to God. And the ownership of that body, you're transferring it from, this is not Tim's body, but it is 
God's body that I am giving myself as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice. And we'll talk about that. Now, in does minute. free will play into this that I can oh, yeah. keep my body? You know, because all things are created by God. Mm-hmm. So, kind of, where's that line there? The idea being that um, what God wants to do is He wants He wants our entire being, right? Uh, I think well, a lot of times people think about you know, oh, I'm going to give my heart to God, right? And it's this this immaterial idea of I'm going to give God my spiritual life. And it not have anything connected to do with my physical life. Well, we've talked about this before. What is heart? That, that, <laughs> we have. We probably should do a podcast that means, on that. Yeah. Um, you think about that. I don't know. Describe heart or, or try to at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is heart? Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so this this idea of the implications of of this are often overlooked within modern Christianity. But if we are spiritual and physical. That means that everything in our spiritual impacts our physical, and everything in our physical impacts our spiritual. And Paul, this is all this is all in the New Testament. If you just have this perspective, you'll see it. But Paul talking to the Corinthians, he says, Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Like, surely you understand this, right? You you understand the fact that that you your physical nature, you are a representative of the Spirit of God um, that dwells within you, right? And then he, he, he says it again a few chapters later in, in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? A move you, you have it from God and that it's not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Right, so this idea of that my body is is the area in which God wants to sanctify has some really interesting implications because it's so much more than just a list of do's or don'ts, but it's a list. It's this idea of that my very physical essence is not my own. That if I have given allegiance to God and my ownership over to God, it is my entire being belongs to God. So san- sanctification then is a process mm-hmm. that starts spiritually, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a conscious decision that I make that I want God to take ownership of me. Mm-hmm. But that spiritual decision then manifest itself into a physical turning over to yes, God. Yes, 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 yes. And it okay. does so. And in that, then this physical can be made holy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And to think of it in this aspect of that my physical body sanctifying it, that 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 has implications of the fact that, uh, you know, my eyes are not my own. My ears are not my own. My my mouth is not my own. My my it it's not just about what I wear and what I don't wear, although those things apply. But it's about every part of my mind is not my own, right? That I can't just do whatever I want with my mind. Hmm. For me, that kind of brings new eyes to. Um... Like, would God go there? Would God mm. do that? Right. Well, if if I have given myself to God and this is his... The question is, should be, would I do that? Would I, you know, as yeah, somebody who exactly. is representing him and is sanctified by him? Yeah. So, I guess the question that I want to ask is, can you be saved and not be sanctified? Mm. So, the sanct- salvation is the, the, the process of beginning that journey of sanctification and the awakening of our spirit to uh, desiring to be sanctified. But to uh, to walk that out requires a continual uh, yielding of our will to the Spirit of God. And that's really the crux of the matter and the struggle for a lot of people is they don't want to do that road. Right? They want Jesus to take away their sins, but they don't want to give him their lives. 
So I guess that that is the question that I, I'm going to go back to then. Yeah. So can you be saved and not let God take full control of your life? Um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that you can be in danger of not staying saved ah, okay. if you don't do that. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's a real danger of not remaining in, in salvation mm-hmm. if you don't uh, walk down this road of sanctification. A fish that doesn't move but there's yeah. a swim it dies yeah exactly okay, i see and that's honestly what happens to a lot of young converts um mm. is they have this moment of saving faith and then all of a sudden they're like "Ooh, that means i need to give up this you know or that means i need to change the way that i think that means i need to allow the spirit of god to sanctify my desires and my passions and and they're like oh you know uh it's it's this rich young ruler mentality like I want to serve you and follow you, Jesus, uh, and I'm good with some uh, a few rules, but don't don't ask me to give up anything that I love, um, because yeah, if it, yeah. that that I don't want to do that, right? And I'm I'm convinced that one of the greatest deceptions in our modern practice of Christianity is this: it's this idea that all that really matters is our feelings, and our ideas, and our intentions but not what I actually do with my physical body. Like, if I just, if I just um, have the right belief system, that's what I need to get. I just need to get a good belief system. And if I get a good belief system, that's all I need. And I want to say, well, that's great, but we need a good behavior as well. Like, those two, two, two things are tied together. So, faith with works. Yes, exactly. And it's this, it's this mistake that has made, for a lot of people, salvation being a life that is brought them some head knowledge, but a body that is unable to fend off sin. It's this idea like, I have, I, I just need to have right beliefs, and if I have these right beliefs, then... I just get a head full of truth, that's all I need, and I want to say, yes, that's part of it, but also what you need is the sanctifying process of that, that allows us to be, our bodies to be controlled by the things of God and the Spirit of God and the way that He would want us to live, and not controlled by the flesh and the way that, that Tim would want to control my body. Does that make sense? So are we giving the carnal flesh to God? Yes. Ah, okay. And then he will be able to make that carnal holy mm-hmm. through sanctification. Exactly. But if we never give that carnal to him, mm-hmm. then if how can... If we don't can present... Present, yes. Our body. Give, yes. Yes, then, yes. Then we're going to struggle with that. Going to struggle so much. Now, we will always be human. There will sure. always be struggles. But we have an opportunity to, in a way, to limit yes. those struggles or, or to... To give those to God so it's that we can con- fight. It's the constant presentation. It's mm-hmm. the constant bringing it back. The present. Okay, God, I gave you my body yesterday. Here's my body again today. Okay, I gave yes. you my body yesterday. Here it is again today. And that continual process is the sanctifying so process. So choosing Jesus, choosing God right. every day, little by little, presenting ourselves. Yes, and that's exactly what Paul talks about. And when he talks about, he gives us this idea of, he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ that lives within me. That is sanctification in a nutshell. He's saying, I have killed myself. I've crucified myself. He gives this picture of crucifixion. A physical thing. A physical thing. A gory... awful uh 100% related to body right yes Mm -hmm. and he's saying i'm doing that i i crucify the flesh daily and in doing that i am presenting myself as he's gonna talk about in this verse here in a minute as a living sacrifice Mm -hmm. a living dead sacrifice it's dead to what Paul wants, it's dead to what Paul desires, it's dead to what Paul's physical body wants, but it's alive unto Christ and what Christ wants to do in his body. Which then this this continual everyday really should, in the end, not constrict, mm-hmm. but it should bring us freedom in this life. Mm-hmm. 
to follow what Christ wants. Wants, mm-hmm. and it should make this life easier. Uh, in a way, in some ways, yeah, because and, and resisting temptations, resisting yeah, yeah, yeah. sin, mm-hmm. yes, for sure. It, it makes living the Christian life easier mm-hmm. um, because it's not just about following rules of do's and don'ts, but it's a process of death unto life, mm-hmm. right? Um, wow. And so, so sanctification is not revealed through doctrinal statements, but it's revealed mm-hmm. through our actions of our body as we yield ourselves to Christ. And um, the it, let's say it this way, if the physical habits of the believer are not sanctified, their spiritual life will always be weak. If the physical habits of our body, of the believer, are not sanctified, their spiritual life will always be weak. And Many times, a lot of Christians, they try to add spiritual things to a physical life that is filled with carnal things. And it's just, it's just backwards. It's just not going to work. So then should we start on the spiritual front or on the physical front? Yes. <laughs> I hate that when you do that. Okay. Yes. So again, it's this it's the 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 work of the spirit in unity with the will of the believer. Okay. okay. So the will of the believer part is my body mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's the spirit what the spirit wants to do in my life. I I'm yielding to that through my body and through the entirety of my body. And so those who would teach that sanctification is simply an inward act, they've missed it. They've missed it entirely because sanctification is an outward act that happens through my body. So, uh, Paul says, I urge you, Christians, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. And the way that you are to present them is as a living and holy sacrifice. So, in the Old Testament, the sacrifice, it dies on the altar, right? And these were dead sacrifices. It it, it died on, on, on the altar. Didn't get up. Didn't do anything after that. It's dead, right? So as we lay our flesh on this altar, we actually become, he says, living holy sacrifices. And so the, the dead sacrifice, it's this idea of it goes to the altar and it stays there and doesn't do anything. But a living sacrifice is one that goes to the altar, crucifies the flesh, but gets up and does something and mm-hmm. goes and follows Christ. And it's the action part of sanctification is the living it out. So upon the altar, we are sanctified to get up and go. Exactly. Wow. Through a, as we, we, we die to self and we die to, and we transfer our ownership of mm-hmm. self to God. And it's that flesh that is that is killed in that moment. Yes, on and that the, altar. And then I get up from that altar as a living sacrifice, and then I go and do the things that God would have me to go and do. That is what the power of sanctification. That's where the power lies in. Is that we are uh, we we take that dying of self and. That's great. That's great. But if we don't go and be the living sacrifice, it's it, 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 it's incomplete. It's incomplete because we have to have that that living out of the sanctification happens through my body 
going and doing the things that God would have my body to go and do. Well, the imagery there is so powerful because when you, you that living sacrifice has laid down, that flesh is burnt. Mm-hmm. You're going to get up, you're going to look different, and people's going to see you mm-hmm. as being different yeah. than you were yesterday yeah. and the day before. Sure. And they're going to literally see a change in mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And this is a process that happens continually, right? This is not a one-time go to the altar, die to self, get up, and I don't ever have to die to self again, right? I mean, no, this we is... we come back around the next yeah, day, we pick yeah, up that cross. Yeah, and many times, multiple times a day, right? <laughs> I mean, like, the yeah. moments where I'm like, okay, flesh wants to do this right now. I got to have this uh, this crucifying moment where I'm, I say, okay, uh, I've got to die to self in this moment. And it's, it's, not, it's not easy, but the more that we do that, the more, and, and we have that framework of understanding, the more we, okay, I, I'm dying to self, I'm dying to self, I'm dying to self. If we have that framework, it becomes easier to do the more we do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think of like a blacksmith, a refiner, mm-hmm. that the gold goes into the fire and the impurities are burned off and it mm-hmm. comes back out. But then it usually goes back in again mm-hmm. and again. And with every time, it is finer and finer mm-hmm. and more precious and more sure. precious. Sure, uh, absolutely. And this idea of living sacrifice, he's, Paul says, this is holy unto God. Like, this is what God wants. This process of dying to self, transferring ownership over to God, and then going and being what God wants us to be. God's like, yes, that's what I want. That's what I want for you because it's the best thing for you, obviously, but it, it, it's this being this, repre- this representation of a holy God in this world. Um, you know, and, and this, this idea to the carnal world does not make sense at all. At all. It, this carnal world what we're describing makes no sense at all. And well, they are missing half of the puzzle because all they see is these things that we're laying down, these things that we're not doing these, these pleasing things to the flesh. Right. But they don't realize that we have already given our flesh. Our flesh is not our own and God doesn't want, doesn't desire these things. So it's not hard for me to say no. Right. And you can't, it's 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 ignorance to them that it makes absolutely no sense yeah. to them well it's not supposed to make sense yeah, exactly and we need to be okay with that and be like it's okay that they don't get it i don't i'm not trying to make my life make sense to them because it never will mm-hmm. right but i'm confident in what god has called me to do and what he has called me to be that even though it doesn't make sense to them I don't need to rationalize it to them. I don't need to make it make sense to this world. In fact, I'll just say honestly, something is wrong when our lives make sense to unbelievers. Mm, yeah, that's good. When when our lives, the totality of our life, makes sense to unbelievers, something is inherently wrong there. I, I think it's one of the greatest testimonies that a Christian can have is when unbelievers look at our life and say, I don't understand. Why are you doing that? Why That doesn't make sense. And not that we're doing weird things to do weird things. You understand what I'm saying? But like, why would you, why would you give your life to that? Why would you serve, you know, God? Why would you, th- those things, why would you want to sanctify your life? Like that does not make sense at all. And so this carnal world would say things like, it's my body, you know, I can do whatever I want, right? It is not. It's not, body. right? Uh, carnal world would say, it's my mind. Uh, I can think whatever I want to think. And that's not what we would say. It's not my mind. I don't get to think whatever I want to think. I, I, I want my mind and my thoughts to be uh, what God would have and what line up with the Word of God, you know? Um, you know, and so this idea, it's my life. I can live it any way I want. That is such an unbiblical uh, philosophy, right? Um, and so the sanctified life, it doesn't make sense to the carnal world at all. Um, and in fact, it I don't, I don't mean to be harsh here, but the sanctified life doesn't even make sense to the carnal Christian, right? 
right to the one who is Christian in name only, but is not really pursuing a life uh, of pleasing God and sanctifying. They'll say, "Oh, you don't need to do all this. You don't need to, pers- you know, do all those things." And um, I just want to say that you know, I'm not trying to please the carnal world or even carnal Christians. I want to please God, and I want to sanctify my life and my will to the Spirit of God and uh, through His grace to uh, to present my body as a living sacrifice that is acceptable unto Him. All right, so last part of this verse and uh, talking about sanctification, uh, he says, Paul says, I urge you, brothers, sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So for the Christian, living a sanctified life, living a life of sanctification, is really, it's an act of worship. It's this um, this idea of, I am worshiping God through this act of yielding my will to God and yielding my body to God. It's a pure form of worship. So a lot of times when people think about worship, they think about something that takes place in a church service with songs and music and lyrics, um, you know, or something that takes place in, uh, you know, uh, maybe you're singing in your car or whatever, you know, worshiping God. And and that is a, a form of worship, obviously. But one of the, the deepest and most uh, profound ideas of worship is this idea of presenting my body and myself to Christ, that action of sanctifying is in itself an act of worship, because I am saying, God, you are worthy of my body. God, you are worthy of my of owning me. You are worthy of, uh, uh, of all that I have. Um, that is such a pure form of worship. Because we can say all the right words in a worship song, right? We can sing along with the song. We can raise our hands. We can go through, quote unquote, worship uh, calisthenics, right? And it may or may not be coming from a heart that is sanctified, a heart that is yielded to God, right? But true worship comes out in our everyday life. Yeah. Because that is who we are um uh, who is our idol mm-hmm. is it ourself is it this world or are we going to worship god sure 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 absolutely and so um you know it's this sanctified life that is this offering of worship that is uh in the old testament when when the uh sacrifices were given um you know, it talked about how it's this this sweet smelling savor or this this perfume that that God is just uh, it's beautiful before God, and that's what this life of sanctification is and worship is. It's beautiful uh, form of worship before God. I think of the phrase um, uh, though, "Beauty is in the eye of the beholder." Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not going to look beautiful to everyone else in the sense of what we do, how we live. Yeah. All the way back to what you said, it's not going to make sense to right. everyone, mm-hmm. but it makes sense to God. Yeah. And yeah. he's the one that ultimately matters. At for the sure. Day. For sure. And at the end of my life, uh, you know, I don't want uh, everybody to say, oh, wow, he, look at this guy, look at that, you know, uh, and, but if I didn't sanctify my life and God's like, mm, depart from me, I never knew you. Wow. What does that matter if I got the applause of men? Mm-hmm. In that moment, it matters nothing, right? But say no one gives uh, me applause in this earth, but I sanctify my life through the Spirit and by the grace of God, and I have the applause of God as he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Like, that's what matters, right? And so uh, this idea that sanctification is something that's just for special Christians. It's just for, you know, preachers or pastors. It's just it's just not true, right? It's a the 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 biblical uh pattern and the biblical uh 
truth of the matter is, is that sanctification is for every believer to transfer that ownership over to God and uh, the ownership of your body specifically over to God and to do so in a way that you are uh, seeking to to bring glory to God. And in doing so, you are exhibiting worship unto God. Um, I, I love what Jesus said in John where he talks uh, about, he says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. And this idea of sanctification uh, we we seek to please the Lord and to offer our worship to Him, uh, and do that in spirit and in truth. Which is another podcast that we have in our past that you can go and reference if you want to learn about that. So this idea of sanctification uh, comes from the Word of Truth, and doing that in our body, living that out is a, a pure act of worship. And I want to worship God in song. And through the act of, of lifting my hands and praising God on Sunday, man, I want to worship God on every other day through the way that I live uh, in presenting my body as a living sacrifice. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Questions of Faith podcast. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing and writing a review on your preferred audio platform. That would really help us out. This show was produced by Brad Stevens, theme music by the band Liquify. Questions of Faith is a ministry of Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God located in Denton, Texas. The goal of this podcast is to equip the modern day Christian with answers to timeless questions. If you would like to submit a question that may be highlighted on the show, you may do so by emailing us. That email address is questions at ftdenton.com. You may also submit a question by messaging our Facebook page, Questions of Faith Podcast. And until next Monday, God bless.